Welcome to More Than Mythos, the podcast exploring the mythological threads that weave us all together. I'm Morrigan, and thank you for joining me on this ancient journey to understand our modern world. And joining us today, we have an incredibly special guest to talk about Lilith, a very, very controversial and highly misunderstood figure within both history and mythology. Jack Thompson is a professional historian and researcher who has done guest lectures and classes on specifically occultism and demonology. He has a passion for the dark and mythological and extreme music, and he holds degrees in European history and art history from Humboldt State University. He currently resides in London, where he aims to pursue a PhD in occult history in the coming years. Currently, Jack is working on an extensive project cataloging vintage British jewelry from a private collection. Pretty cool. And in case you didn't know, um, Jack and I are actually married, so it's been really fun to work on this with him um, since we have such a similar set of passions and interests. And even though he is in London and I'm currently in Boston, this has been um, a really great way to connect over the things that we love. And thank you so much to everybody who submitted such amazing questions on TikTok and Patreon and Discord. And I hope that um, we can cover all of them for you. And keep an eye out on my TikTok for um, kind of a highlights review of this podcast, because I want to make sure everyone can kind of get their questions answered. So please help me welcome Jack. All right, well, welcome Jack to More Than Mythos. Thank you for having me. And Jack is coming to us all the way from London today. And how's London? Uh, it's <laughs> very cold and rainy. Um, it's been snowing recently, which was very lovely. Um, that sounds wonderful. Kind of, I'm over it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm ready for it to be a bit warmer again. I can't handle it. I'm too small for this. Yeah, I think that we're all a little over everything at this point. <laughs> Big agree. Big agree. Well, we did bring you here today to talk about Lilith, um, and I would love to know, and I think everyone would love to know, how did you get into this? Uh, Lilith, um, basically, when I was in college, um, I started getting interested in occultism and Satanism and stuff like that, not so much to practice, um, just out of curiosity, especially in some of the history books I was reading at the time, um, and like... 18th, 19th century European history, um, and a lot of like artworks that uh, started talking about more of the the darker sides of things. Um, and I was also really into you know metal and all that kind of stuff, um, which obviously dabbles heavily in the occult and <laughs> dark topics. Um, and I basically started reading about um, the Lesser Key of Solomon and um, a lot of like other proto-satanic texts um, and things, you know, stuff by Aleister Crowley and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously Lilith was just like a huge part of that. Um, and, you know, seeing sigils of Lucifer and sigils of Lilith like next to each other and kind of being like, who is this person really? Um, and obviously my knowledge of her at that time was very limited in comparison to what I know now. Um, and I kind of, I kind of assumed that she was this sort of like demonic satanic queen because that's kind of how it appeared um, in the text I was reading um, and it actually took me many years to kind of delve further into Lilith specifically um, but yeah that was kind of how I got interested in her in the first place um, and yeah as time has gone on it's kind of uh, 
she has come up in so many different ways and in almost like every modern like religion and um, mythos there is like a Lilith type figure I mean um, and a lot of people kind of say that she's especially in like Judaism that she's basically like the most significant figure besides like the Messiah mm. um, so I kind of stumbled across her sort of everywhere um, so yeah that was kind of my my early um, encounters with with old Lilith <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and um, so when Jack and I were preparing to talk about this the other day, um, he used a term that I really love to describe Lilith, and you used the term clay figure. So can you talk a little bit about what the term clay figure means in general, and maybe what it means specifically for Lilith? Absolutely. Um, yeah, clay figure in general to me um, is basically, you know, a figure, person, spirit, god, whatever you want to call it. Um, that much like basically all of them um, takes on many different forms based on um, who is looking at it um, or who is molding it essentially because um, I think pretty much all I don't know gods goddesses demons whatnot um, kind of started out as you know early stories or you know someone who was seen as like a saint or a holy person or something like that um and obviously those things change over time so it's you know clay figure is something that can be molded into many different things um and i think lilith is one of the prime examples of that um where kind of if you look at her origins um which are very speculative and wine raging um and where, like, and the notions of her today, it's like, how did we really get here? Um, and how have so many different people um, taken, like, their own ideas from her and made her into <clears throat> their own, like, uh, I guess, like, hero or, you know, like, goddess or, you know, demon or, like, devil yeah. in some ways. I mean, like, how is how is she so many different things to so many different people? Yeah, she's a bit of a scapegoat figure in a lot of history and mythology where, like, like the clay figure idea, she kind of just takes on these different roles that she needs to to serve a purpose for whatever narrative she's being put inside of. And I'll never forget one of the first depictions that I ever saw of Lilith was, I think of the Lilith figure in the True Blood series, <laughs> the, the vampire <laughs> exactly. show. Yeah, and she 100%. was like this incredibly over-sexualized, very vi super hot, like demon woman, you know? And, um, and that was my original image of her, was just this like really, really like femme fatale character. And when I figured out later that like, a lot of her mythology is just based off of like one line in the Bible. I was like, what, how did this, how did this happen? So um, I'd love to maybe get into a little bit of her origins because she does appear in, um, in quite a few different mythologies throughout time. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, I think, yeah, there's various places to start. Um, I mean, the two main ones um, are in Judaism, like Hebrew li literature, um, and also in the Epic of Gilgamesh. Um, there's a few different ones. 
Um, and what you were what you were saying is really interesting. Where yeah, she definitely has changed a lot from like those early depictions, um, and especially in like the nineteenth century, where that like fame femme fatale figure came into play. But um, we can talk more about that a bit later. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, which was one of like the first like things that spoke about her, um, even though you know the name Lilith wasn't really what was mentioned. Um, and it's interesting because the story is about like Inanna, um, who also like could be Lilith, <laughs> which is another big problem. And like a lot of, there's a lot of controversy about that, of how like they could have been interpreted as the same person. Um, and a lot of like the early like images of Lilith um, are, you know, really like images of Inanna or Ishtar possibly, um, which is like debated. And for those who don't know, Inanna is an extremely influential ancient Mesopotamian goddess. She symbolized love, beauty, sex, war, justice, political power, but she was also worshipped under the name Ishtar by later cultures like the Akkadians, the Babylonians, and the Assyrians. She also appears in the Epic of Gilgamesh, just like Lilith does. Yeah, there's a ton of confusion around that, specifically with um, the Bernie relief, which is a Mesopotamian. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Mesopotamian low relief, and um, it's often called Lilith, um, but is probably much more likely Inanna, or another name for Inanna is Ishtar. But um, but some people even think that it's Ereshkigal, which is Ishtar's sister. So, exactly. So it's kind of, and this is like one of those things with mythology where it's just kind of like we toss a bunch of names up in the air and, and pick one, you know, because <laughs> all of these different figures, like we have almost no, no proof to back up any of them. It's really just what makes sense within the context. So I think that, yeah, definitely with the Bernie Relief and with a lot of other, um, you know, votive statues or like even like incantation bowls that have been found we've just kind of said like oh this looks pretty demonic like that's probably lilith absolutely yeah no those are very good points and yeah and exactly yeah the bernie relief is like the main one and um a big like argument for it which i'm not i think it's i don't i don't know who it is um i (laughs) most of the the scholarly research leans much more towards like Inanna slash Ishtar than like Lilith, um, but mostly they think because um, it was originally red, um, it, like red and gold, the actual um, relief itself, and uh, like Lilith's main color, and like with all of her depictions is red pretty much, um, because that's pretty much the worst color um, <laughs> in a lot of modern religions, and that's why the devil is red, and that's why... I don't know, think of all the negative connotations of red that we have. Um, and, you know, it's kind of polar opposite to, yeah, a, like, Mary in her, like, royal blue and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, That's and so interesting. And if you see, like... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say that that's so interesting with um, the with the color red because I I didn't know because I've studied the Bernie relief and I didn't know that it was originally red and it that actually reminds me a lot of how um, a lot of the marble statues from um, Greece and Rome um, or sorry a lot of the marble statues from um, like the Roman Empire or the Greek Empire um, were originally painted and a lot of them their skin was painted a fairly dark color because people from the Mediterranean region are pretty dark 
And what a um, shock, yeah. I know. And so this um, again, like this, you know, like the whitewashing of history and this erasure right. of the original meaning of things and yeah, so that's that's really interesting that she was originally read. So in Christianity, how do we first see Lilith? Uh, in Christianity, I mean, she is basically the the origin story. I mean, you can argue that it's like, you know, Adam and Eve, but it was really like Adam and Lilith, um, if you really want to look at like the real Christian-like mythology. Um, and I know um, a lot of people think, you know, is like Lilith like the first woman um, as far as like from like a like a Christian viewpoint? Um, and I, you could say yes, because um, you know God was like I created Adam um, and he needs a partner, so we're gonna give him who was Lilith, um, and that's basically the first time we see her. And you know we can kind of go in further like what happened with them, um, but. She's pretty much there from the start. Um, and that's, I think, something that a lot of people don't really realize. I don't think a lot of people even realize that she's she's a figure in like Christianity um, and that Eve isn't like the only woman in it. So how do we see this different depiction of Lilith in Christianity versus Judaism? They're very, very different. Um, and uh, yeah, in Christianity, she is um, obviously, you know, the, the like opposer almost, like the original, the original sin almost, where, you know, she rejects Adam um, because he wants to be like above her and control her basically like sexually. Um, and she's like, no, like we're equal essentially is like her exact words. And <laughs> him and God are both like, no, I don't think so. Um, and casts her out um, uh, because she refuses it. But, and they give her the option. They're like, you know, if you come back to the Garden of Eden and they don't say like apologize, but you know, that's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> if you apologize and are good, then that'll be good. But if not, then we're essentially going to banish you um, and you're going to suffer basically with demons. They don't specifically say demons, but um, that's essentially what's implied is that um, you're going to be like almost in this like purgatory realm with a bunch of creatures um, that are very unpleasant. That are probably demons that are also like your children in a lot of ways. And like one of your curses is that you have to have a hundred of them die um, every day. They don't say really if like she has to kill them, but she has to ensure that a hundred of them die every day as like a punishment essentially, um, and that she can. A hundred of her back. children. A hundred of her children. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> That's a pretty yeah, intense yeah. punishment. <laughs> That's really interesting because. Um, She's so closely associated with um, the succubus archetype. But what's so interesting about those different depictions is that she's supposedly queen of the succubus, but succubi aren't supposed to be able to bear their own children. They're supposed to yeah. use human women to bear their children and to steal like sperm from men. So if Lilith is able to bear children, I feel like that automatically negates the succubus archetype that she's so closely associated with. Exactly. It's really interesting because they don't, they don't talk about like if she, like how she's making these children, okay. like, um, which is the really interesting part is it's kind of just like, this is your curse, but it's not like, 
you have a partner who's in, you know impregnating you or like anything about giving birth or like what these children are it's kind of you know speculative and obviously there's like further in the stories and um you know and stuff with like uh, epic of gilgamesh and some other stories um she kind of like is related to other like demon figures and like demon gods um and people like samael also comes up um as her like as her like partner but they don't say that like they're getting together and having children um just kind of that they like are possibly lovers or related um but there's also you know there's um other stories about lilith where she was um you know, this dark spirit in the night um, that would go into, you know, men, like, men who are sleeping and essentially, like, have sex with them in their sleep to try to steal their sperm to, like, give to... Uh, they don't say if it's to give birth to, like, children, but um, kind of just, like, th I think that's sort of where, like, I don't know, even though it's not really, like, a succubus, but where that kind of notion of just, like, the lustful dark spirit that's trying to like steal like the vitality and the like s like sexual energy from men um and like there's some you know very old um religions mostly like middle eastern um religions that were like be careful when you sleep in the desert at night um or you know some uh <laughs> Like, in the Babylonian Talmud, um, they specifically talk about that, um, how she has, like, an uncontrollable and dangerous sexuality. Yeah, definitely. And that does associate very closely with, um, with the succubus. Um, so I'd actually love to hear more about um, the Talmud. The Talmud? Like, how she is depicted in that? Yeah. How do you say that word? The Talmud? Talmud, yeah. Talmud, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> Talmud, yeah. Um, which is great, because I was going to get into that, because that kind of covers more of, uh, like, the, the Jewish aspect of it. Um, and that's very different, um, which is what which is very, very interesting to me, and that's one of, one of my, the most fascinating things about Lilith to me, is that um, in that she's essentially um, kind of like a, a night spirit, um, it's it's a tricky translation, um, and they're not really. I don't know. All of the general consensus among scholars is that it's possible she's related to like Lilu or yeah Lilitus or Lilies, um, which were like Akkadian Sumerian um, like spirits. Um, a lot of them were masculine, um, which is kind of interesting, um, but. Um, they were mostly like night spirits so that's kind of where i think they drew that from um and that she was essentially um this figure that met with the hyenas and the goats and the you know the other wild cats and jackals and the great owls um and all of them gather like under her shadow um and she's kind of this sort of like outcast figure um that is kind of like one with um, the animals very specifically it seems to be like almost predatory animals or sort of dangerous animals animals that had negative connotations for various reasons at the time um, and the translation of this varies really heavily um, some of them mention like kites and vultures um, some of them mention her like making nests 
um, or some of them describe the nest as just like a place where she's resting, um, and she's definitely not discussed as like a like a sexual being or like beautiful or attractive. Um, I mean, she's kind of inferred to be sort of this like night hag almost, um, which comes up a lot more times. Yeah, because they call her a night hag in the Bible, don't they? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but it's also, it's weird because the, they call her that, but like, it's kind of like a, I don't know, not, it's not like a backhanded thing, but it's basically like she's orig- she originally isn't that because she was supposed to be like the partner to Adam, so she's not supposed to be like ugly or unattractive. But later they're just like, well, now that you've kind of betrayed us, like, we're going to start, like, wow. talking talking bad about you. <laughs> wow. Well, now I know where all the guys in my DMs learned that from. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's such a thing. That's a such surprise. a real thing, like, like in modernity, where, mm-hmm. like, some guy will hit you up or, like, ask you out or whatever and, and then and tell you that you're beautiful and all this stuff. And as soon as you reject him, you're, you're all of a sudden, you're hideous, you're a bitch, you're cruel, you're ugly, <laughs> etc. And it's just so funny that exactly. we see that behavior in like the early versions of the Bible. Like it's really just like since the beginning of time. Thousands of year old. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah both like the Bible and, you know, both Christianity and Judaism at the time and tons of other religions were um, obviously extremely patriarchal um, and kind of like the threat that she posed was very damaging to their fragile egos. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, her depictions. I mean, some people even talk about how she was with like ostriches and stuff. Ostriches? Um, but ostriches, yeah, the Banat Yana. Um, what? As ostrich, yeah. Um, some talk about like nettles and brambles. Um, yeah, I mean, one one thing, um, if you're listening to this, um, to check out is just, just Google, like, translations of um, Lilith um, in, like, Hebrew texts, um, and just, like, there's, I don't know, like, 25 different ones or something, and you can, it's really interesting to see specifically how things go from, like, the goat to the goat demon, and that is, like, really, really poignantly put in, um, and obviously the goat, like, as time went on, became more associated with Satan. Um, that's a whole other thing to get into. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think really, like, she's really just like a night spirit is kind of the the original, like, meaning of, like, Lilith. Um, that's kind of, like, the closest that we can get is something to do with the night and the shadow. And that's about it like everything else we're kind of we're kind of going off of that really because um, the original texts are just they're really pretty harmless as far as like who she is as a person um, and like her her evolution into like a demon um, kind of as we were talking before with like um, like the men um, and like their their ideas towards her is kind of like is she a demon? Um, but then you think of these stories and you're like, all right, so she decided, you know, not to be subservient or give up her rights um, and her like entire autonomy and being and body um, for God and Adam. Um, 
And so she becomes the demon, but who's really, like, the bad person in this, like, situation? <laughs> like, I don't know, and it's kind of, I don't know, it's similar to, like, Loki, um, like, going, like, in, like, Viking mythology, like, going to the Temple of the Gods um, and being like, why are all you guys hating on me and demonizing me? And Loki kind of is almost like a Lucifer, like, type character um, in that mythology, um, yeah, and he's just like, you guys, you guys are so bad to me, um, how are you, like, any better than I am? Like, why am I the demon <laughs> when you're doing stuff that's just as bad, like, to me? I don't know, and I think that's kind of, I don't know, the origin of demons itself is sort of, like, I don't know, either, like, a previous culture that gets taken over and all of those gods that need to be demonized become the demons, um, and, like, Von Cure Conway goes into that really, really well in his, um, kind of, like, opus on demonology. Um, or, yeah, or it's just, like, the rejecter of whatever is, like, the, the status quo, almost. So, is Lilith actually a demon, or is Lilith just demonized? Um... Yeah, in my opinion, she's just demonized. Um, in my opinion, I don't really think there are really demons. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, there's like Satan and those guys who are like real bad and do really bad stuff, but it's also like, I mean, the origin of Satan, quote unquote, is like, is like Lucifer, who's angel who's also cast out for disagreeing. Um, and so, I don't know, I think putting like the the tag of demon on her is um is something that is i mean she's 100 percent described as a demon in like a lot of texts they're like very specifically she's a demon but like in my personal opinion and everyone obviously can make their own um who's listening i don't think i don't think that she is she's just really like she's essentially like a scapegoat and someone who is like unfairly punished honestly um and that'll make you pretty angry, but um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really. I think she's much more demonized. I mean, the origin story of her, at least in Christianity, is basically of her being demonized, and it's similar in the Epic of Gilgamesh. I mean, where it's like, she, you know, she she resided in the in the hapalu tree that um, Inanna wanted that was that she was growing for ten years in her garden that she wanted to turn into like a throne or like a nice fancy bed. Um, and she went back and, you know, there's, uh, there's Lilith with her dragon or however that you want to translate that and her like zoo bird. Um, it's also kind of like a almost demonic figure these days. Um, just like trying to make a home and she's like, uh, -uh like Gilgamesh, you like, you got to get her out of here. And then she like has to flee in fear, which is like a huge thing is her like, fleeing and like being fearful which is like such a huge um i don't know connotation for demons like of that kind of i don't know a lot of like religions these days we kind of just think they're pure evil but a lot of t the time they've just been these like symbols of like fear and like pity um and in pretty much all stories of her she's like fleeing and running away um, and, and in that way, she has similarities to like um, like the Leviathan figure. I don't think they're the same at all, but um, the Leviathan that kind of fleed and went into the ocean, um, and Lilith also fleed 
Um, and when they found her, she was also in the middle of the ocean. The Leviathan is a mythical sea serpent often found in Judaism, but was later interpreted by Christianity to be somewhat of a satanic figure. I think it's really interesting, this association of her um, visually with a lot of Inanna or Ishtar um, figures. And I'm kind of curious because obviously Ishtar, if you're familiar with Ishtar or Inanna, you'll know that she had an absolutely massive cult following in Mesopotamia, you know, Acadia, Babylon, etc., spreading up into the Mediterranean, into Egypt. She reigned one of the longest reigning goddesses. So um, it's kind of interesting. Did Lilith have a cult following like that? That's a great question. Um, <clears throat> there is nothing um, concrete that you can say about like uh, early cults of Lilith. Um, there's no real evidence. Um, obviously, you know, we've lost, what, 99.9% probably <laughs> of what we know about uh, history <laughs> in general. There might be like an actual figure on that, but how would we know? Um, but in my opinion, that's pretty much as much as we've lost. Um, so I think what an early cult of Lilith would have looked like was probably um, sort of like pre-Christian, um, pre-Talmud, um, like Babylonian Akkadian um, groups that were more worshiping like the night spirits and mm. um, those sort of creatures because there had to be people um, who were like interested in that um, and also you know like giving offerings to them as because you know they're the controllers of the nighttime and you know you want to make sure you're you're good when you go to sleep yeah you don't want your children eaten exactly yeah yeah, Donna. I mean, there's stories of yeah people like keeping knives under their children's pillows just in case they were attacked in the nighttime wow. by the night spirits. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that definitely occurred. Um, it's kind of hard to think that it wouldn't. Um, and I think a lot of that, um, as soon as she started being depicted as like a demon and like a really bad figure, those cults were probably either outlawed or people changed their minds or, you know, they were killed. We don't know. Um, honestly, in my opinion, like, the earliest real, like, cults of Lilith are, like, very modern. Um, mm. And, like, modern feminist movements, I think, are, like, the first, like, really significant, like, cult of Lilith in a way, if you know what I mean. Absolutely, yeah, because there is a, a huge, huge reclamation of Lilith as a figure, as a woman who is demonized and and then like over sexualized and um and i mean it's it's really wonderful to see like the reclamation of this figure but i think at the same time there's kind of a lot of confusion about what she even is because it seems like there's a lot of reclamation of um an image of her through the male gaze and so like how do we kind of separate these um and through the male christian gaze especially so um it's i think it's it's really hard to reclaim a figure who is so so slippery like we really have a hard time defining like what she is and what she meant to different cultures because there i mean and there's as as you know very well there are so many different depictions so many different stories a lot of contemporary analyses of her um that are kind of like you know like you write an entire book based on one line in the bible and like 
of course, like there's going to be a lot of really relevant stuff there, but at some point there is some some reaching happening, you know, of like just trying like desperately to create a narrative that makes sense to us, which I think is how so much of history evolves is we're trying to make sense of these things. So we're kind of connecting dots that we hope make sense. And I think um, in modernity, I think we're doing something really similar, like with this worship of Lilith and like neo-paganism and in Wicca of a lot of people claiming Lilith as like a patroness um, mm, of kind of definitely. trying to connect these dots in a way that that makes sense and that feels good for us because religion is supposed to serve us you know it's supposed to give our life meaning. I've also learned recently that if you are a practicing Wiccan or pagan and you'd like to work with Lilith as somewhat of a patroness to be extremely mindful and respectful because Lilith is predominantly featured in a lot of Judaism, and Judaism, as you may know, is a closed practice religion. So just a note to always be very respectful in the way that you practice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was kind of like in the 70s that all started. Um, yeah. Like in the magazines, like Miss, like talking about um, Lilith, the reclamation of the image of Lilith, um, and especially like the Jewish feminist magazine, um, started talking about Lilith in 1976. Wow. Um, yeah, and essentially just were like, I mean, what better, like, quote-unquote, like, feminist figure could you have in that? I mean, not that that's, like, really her origins, but, you know, the person who was fighting for equality against Adam um, mm. and, that you know, sexual choice and autonomy and, you know, control of one's own destiny um and i think yeah as you were saying it's like a huge thing in neo-paganism like jewish feminism um contemporary music and like poetry and stuff um but i think yeah it's i think she's she's really become um like i don't know more than mythos <laughs> honestly where it's kind of like um yeah to, to throw that in there that's like yeah it's a good way to put it because it's like i mean there, she's been so expanded upon. She just means so much more to people than what she actually like means, like textually or like mythologically. Um, and I yeah. think a lot of people just needed that kind of symbol, especially within your own religion. Um, I mean, we all, I don't know, icons and heroes and heroines and whatever are extremely important to people. Um, yes, so. definitely. So I think that was a, a huge thing. And also kind of this uh, figure of like anti-fertility in a way of kind mm. of breaking away from um, kind of like the woman in like a lot of, you know, <laughs> I mean, God, how much like mythology is around like the woman as like the fertile like being who's just there to like make children. Right, as a creator of life. Exactly, yeah, and she's kind of, like, the anti-creator and the one that, like, broke the cycle of rebirth because she, like, wasn't allowed to participate in it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's another really big part of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it makes, it definitely makes sense, like, why she's such, like, a modern feminist figure. Because um, it's kind of hard to think of someone who would be, like, I don't know, better suited for that in, um, especially, like, Abrahamic religions. I think it really interesting to me is a lot of her, the way that her visual representation has evolved yes. so, so heavily. Oh God, yeah. And um, I mean, it, it's really, it's quite astounding if you look up like, you know, like a really early depiction of 
Lilith. Um, I mean, you'll see her as kind of, well, I mean, you'll see her as like a woman. And then all of a sudden she's this like hideous demon, like sucking blood out of babies. And like similar to like how the succubus was depicted originally. And um, and because she is like queen of the succubi, according to like some authors from like the 16th and 17th yeah, century, <laughs> um, it's really funny. She's just kind of, um, she evolved into this very demonic figure, and then we have feminism evolving her back into like a like like an approachable, um, like a very powerful, but a more like a realistic woman, you know, like a person, and. Um, and like humanizing her to a certain extent um, while maintaining that that power that people really look up to, I think. And, um, but then you have like, then you have contemporary media like True Blood or, oh I mean, yeah. oh my gosh, you know what a lot of people have actually been asking me about lately on TikTok? On TikTok specifically, people have been asking me how I feel about the depiction of Lilith in um, the new version of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I've heard about that. I haven't seen it, but yeah. I haven't seen it either, but even just, like, Googling it, um, they call her, like, like Mrs. Satan or, like, Mrs. Lucifer yeah, or I something love, like I that. that. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and her, like, the actress that plays her, she has a really, like, like a very angular, severe face. And they make her look like, like, um like a really angry mom or something like it's just so interesting like these modern depictions of her just they vary so widely and they're just whatever anyone wants them to be to fit like their their narrative to fit their story definitely yeah it's really interesting how much Lilith has become like like Satan's lover like Satan's like wife almost in ways especially in things like that and she's just this like hot fiery dark you know, a woman who's, you know, just everyone's into and just, like, is sex incarnate um, and smart and scary. I don't know. It's really that kind of depiction, like, is very 2021. <laughs> it makes a lot of yeah. <laughs> makes a lot of sense, um, kind of things we're into um, in modern media. But, um, I mean, even in, like, Satanism um, and like left-hand path occultism like the relationship between Lilith and Lucifer is really hard to to really get evidence for um mm. I mean there's a lot of books about it um where people are kind of like talking about them together or and I don't know especially like modern modern like Satanism um but they're kind of just I don't know. Obviously, like most, a lot of things are made up, but um, yeah, it's kind of like I'm not really sure where they're pulling it from, because um, obviously in the original text, um, she is—I mean, she's like a demon, you know—and she's demonized and like going into these like hell-type spaces where Satan is and maybe they're lovers or whatever. But them as like a pair and like partners, and her being this like hot like wife of Satan is like pretty strange to me um but like yeah <laughs> but um but yeah it's definitely her imagery has shifted so much from this like wretched crone like you know like a like a golem or a genie um like a lady in black um in the desert to kind of uh i don't know i think it's really like the 19th century um depictions that really changed it a lot um because i mean there's things like uh like 
Filippino's, um, his like fresco in the Strozzi Chapel in Florence in 1502 um, that showed like a female-headed serpent with red hair, where it's kind of like, yeah, that could be Lilith. Um, but then it's kind of this gray area, and then suddenly, you know, where the European symbolist artists emerge in the 19th century who are super into dark romantic stuff and super into femme fatales are like, all right, we're going to start painting this like beautiful Lilith with long red hair and serpents, like always has the serpent because, you know, she's either, she either is the serpent um, in the Garden of Eve that influenced them or she told the serpent to go and influence them. Uh, yeah, I love that. Tw- I mean, I don't love it, obviously, but it's just like so silly, like that, that, um, that twisting of her, um, and that, and now there is like a really heavy association with her and the snake that um, allegedly tricked Eve. And you're so right that in so many paintings I've seen her like wrapped in snakes and um, like giant, giant yeah, huge, serpents, huge almost serpents. like boa constrictor. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, if you just, like, Google any image of Lilith, that's pretty much what comes up. It's, like, (laughs) her wrapped in a snake, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, Dante Gabriel Rossetti's Lilith was really the one that started, I think, our modern ones. Um, We kind of ran with that, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting seeing kind of, like, how she is today. Um, And there's a lot of paintings of her that I've seen where she's kind of, like, covered in satanic sigils, um, and has these like like hair on fire and these like blood red eyes and you know like claws and like you know bird feet and stuff and they're like this is Lilith and I'm like yeah I mean sure like whatever <laughs> whatever you want her to be really but um, I think yeah I don't know if someone's like what does Lilith look like I mean what are you what are you really gonna say there I mean. Yeah, and as you were talking about before, like the early incantation bowls where she's doing like a seductive dance poses and they basically look like <laughs> the drawings of like a third grader. I mean, it's like... Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're really not anything that you can be like... This is definitely checks all the boxes for like Lilith symbolism, but um, yeah, it's changed a lot. Um, but red seems to be the one that kind of... Uh, the one motif that seems to be pervasive throughout all of them and I think that's even in probably like uh the you know tv show depictions of her these days I'm sure she's wearing like red and black um especially if she's hanging out with Satan speaking of modern depictions I feel like I see her depicted um a lot almost as like a like a vampire type figure (laughs) and there was some association with the succubus as like a a vampire because they were sometimes said to to suck blood but um i yeah so it's kind of interesting this like overlap of like 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 we have been saying like this clay figure where it's like oh she's a woman no she's a demon no she's a succubus (laughs) no she's a vampire no she's just like no she's a stripper like who knows like what she is anymore and it's frustrating because like you know it's mythology and folklore And, like, we have so little to go on that it's, like, like you've been saying, it's really that she's whatever you want her to be. But if you could tell, if you could tell someone one thing that you wish everyone knew about Lilith, what would it be? Yeah, this is, I really like that question um, because, I don't know, I've almost, almost answered it already in ways um, where it's basically that, 
I don't know, it's kind of what you were saying before the question where it's like that Lilith is so many things and that um, I think like the most important thing about Lilith to me um, is that sh is that she is like, I don't know, kind of the most powerful um, like femme figure in mythology that I've seen as far as like how intense her connotations are for so many different people um, and just... I mean, as far as, like, facts that I find really cool about her um, in mythology, I mean, I could go on for quite a while about that, um, and how she, like, hangs out with fire spirits and, you know, has a dragon, um, and, you know, is, like, someone who can walk across the oceans or, you know, fly through the skies, um, like, on the backs of massive crows and things like that, but that's all just kind of random mythology from different things that, um, has not really haven't much placed in text, but, um, I think my, my favorite thing about Lilith is just that, um, she can be so many things, and that's, like, my favorite thing about mythology is that, um, and history period is that, um, it's, it's so personal, um, and that kind of, like, what you get out of it is whatever you really, like, put into it or kind of want to find, um, because there's not truth, um, in mythology or history, really. There's, there's some things that we can say, yeah, this is true, or, like, these dates are real, but, um, I think she's kind of, like, the embodiment of that sort of, like, freedom of interpretation, um, yeah, and that to me is really cool. Um, and I just, I just love, like, <laughs> I just love how, how many different mistranslations there are for, <laughs> like, origin stories that just, like, I don't know, is really, really fun to me. Um, and really, like, is such a, such a pointer to, like, how, how each individual culture or like king or priest or you know person in their home at the time um wanted to see her and like what were the outside influences that drove them to start mistranslating this in this way um i think i don't know i think that's just super super cool and super interesting well no further questions your honor <laughs> i feel like you For sure. you breezed through all of my questions <laughs> Um, yeah, and thank you to everybody who submitted such amazing questions. Um, these were really a really helpful guide because she is such a large topic. It's kind of like, where do you even begin talking about her? And there's such a, such a big foundation that you have to build when you want to talk about Lilith because there's so many, as we all now know, so many different versions of her. But um, Absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Jack, for being on here today and answering everyone's questions and... Um, and Jack has also provided us with a really, really incredible reading list. If you are part of the Patreon, um, you are going to see um, a very extensive list of suggested reading that looks absolutely incredible if you are looking to learn more on this topic. Absolutely. Yeah, there's some really great texts. Um, and I just, as we've talked about this whole time, like I really just encourage everyone who's interested in Lilith to do their own research and find their own things because she is a topic of so much controversy and so inconclusive. Like, people from all over the world are always discovering new things that could be related to her. Um, and I have, I still have so many questions. Um, <laughs> and I would love for 
anyone interested to join in on that and maybe be able to answer my questions in the future. If you're looking for more info on the succubus, feel free to check out episode 1 of More Than Mythos, which does a much deeper dive into the succubus archetype so closely associated with Lilith. And thank you to Jack, and thank you for joining Jack and I while we attempted to unravel some of the mysteries that shroud Lilith. See you next time on More Than Mythos.